When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. We've been watching this dance in slow motion for weeks now, with the Edmonton Oilers on the edge of it, both before and after their extended break during and after the NHL All-Star Game. It's the Great Turtle Derby being contested by half the Western Conference. One thing is for sure, at some point, a couple of these teams are going to break away from the pack. And the question in Edmonton is, do the Oilers have the right team to do it? I'm Craig Ellingson, host of Oil Spells. I talked to Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun hockey beat writer Derek Van Deest about the great Western Conference wildcard turtle derby of 2019 and what it'll take for the Oilers to rise above it. And the danger in all of this, making a trade for help now that could sacrifice the future becoming all for naught. This is the Oil Spills Podcast for Tuesday, February 5th, 2019. We had Groundhog Day on the weekend, and uh, quite frankly, this feels like it's this turtle race, as everybody's been calling it. It's going to go on like it is Groundhog Day, like the movie, for until the Oilers either start winning a bunch of games or losing a bunch of games, because then the you know Keith Gretzky and the management team, whoever is a part of that, can decide which way they need to go. Because it's it's the same topic as we talked about last week, and you know. The week before, uh, the Oilers coming off a 10-day break, uh, losing in overtime to both Philadelphia and Montreal Saturday and Sunday. Um, but they still get points from that. They don't slide further back. They basically stay right in place. The race for the final two wildcard spots still has about the same number of teams in it. So unless, like I said, unless the Oilers start winning a bunch or losing a bunch, um, we're going to be keep talking about the same things over and over again up until the trade deadline, which is February 25th. That's just hockey, right? I mean, the outcome isn't predicted. And it's not done on paper. We have to play these games. And I guess this is a part of the, the soap opera or the clenching your teeth and gripping the side of the table. It's, can this team just win, string together some wins already or just lose already and be done with it? We want to know. Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's there for the taking. You need to go on a streak. You need to go on a winning streak. Uh, you need to win five, six, seven in a row to try and put yourself some distance between these other these other teams. So it's there, but 
I think the Oilers are in a situation where, yeah, yeah, they played well on the weekend, but they lost. And playing well and losing doesn't mean anything. This is a league where you're trying to get into the playoffs. You don't get points for playing well and losing. They blew two third, third period leads. And if you want to be a team that gets in the playoffs, then you can't do that. If you go into the third period, having done really well in the first two periods, you can't blow those leads. You cannot blow a 4-2 lead in the third period in Philadelphia. It just, it's unacceptable. You can't blow a lead in Montreal when you're playing as well and you let in a bad goal. That third goal could be considered a bad goal. You, you can't do that. So the owners have to make a decision here. And apparently they, they're talk, they've talked a good game. They've all said the right things about, you know, they believe that they can win. They can believe that they can win with this team. They can believe they can win with this lineup. Well, it's now it's time to prove it. Now it's time to go out there and prove that you can win with this lineup. And those first two games, yeah, they, they played better. They played harder. They played faster, but they still lost. So I think it's a situation where now they, they, they have to string. It's there. It's there to be taken. And I think if you look back at this and, and they fail to make the playoffs and they fail to, to, to miss, to, to, to get in for the 13th, 12th time in 13 years, they're going to look back and say, this is an opportunity that we just threw away. And I think they have to kind of take this opportunity because you're right, it is a turtle race and no one is making a move. And actually the, the team that's making a move are the Chicago Blackhawks. Now suddenly if they win, they're right back in the thick of it with everyone else. And Patrick Kane comes in as the hottest player in the league right now. So it's if you you got to have to separate yourself from some of these teams. And, and it looks like the, the Blackhawks are now, they're two points behind the Oilers. They beat the Oilers on, on Tuesday. They're right there. And then it's just another quagmire of all teams. So I think it's it's time to make a move for the Edmonton Oilers. They don't have any more time left. They got to stop worrying about, well, yeah, well, we played well. That doesn't mean anything in the standings anymore. You have to go out and win games. I suppose the, po- the, the positive to take out of the weekend is that they did play very well. Never mind the Gasolies. They did that. Can't You can't change that now. They got two out of four points. I almost like to think that if they had lost one of the games and won one of the games, particularly if they won the Montreal game, lost the Philadelphia game, let's say, you'd almost want to feel better about it because you actually would have won it. But you'd still only be, you'd still be the same number of points behind, yeah, mind you. But just given the fact that they're coming off that long break um, and they play as well as they do, I mean, it can't... The benefit was, I think, clear to players like McDavid and Dreisaitl. They had more jump. As much as they've been, you know, they've been carrying yeah. this team all season long, you know, they have 60 goals between them after the Montreal game, a dry title 29 with David 31. Um, so it's they're capable of doing it. I mean, you know, three points back, the teams that are ahead of them, there's three of them. They all have games in hand on the orders, one or two games. And they're all, you know, 51 points. They all have the same number of points and they're all three points behind the Vancouver Canucks. You know, this is Monday. Um, so yeah, I mean, this week to me, they're playing the Blackhawks tomorrow, like you said. This is a make-or-break week for them. Oh, definitely. It is. And it's it's a situation where, um, you know, they play the Hawks tomorrow. That that game is going to be big because I think if the Oilers win that game, suddenly then you're looking at, hey, we got, you know, four to six possible points possibly in these three games, and then we can kind of make our move from there. But I think it, it's just – it's such a – congested race and I think the, the the three points or three points back don't concern me as much as having to leapfrog over four teams or five teams because it's a situation where you, you're looking at it and go well it's only three points but every night those teams someone is picking up points someone's picking up one point someone's picking up two points sometimes 
you know, you have the three point games. So it's really tough to make up ground in a sense when everyone is playing everyone else and someone else is missing. So that's why you really have to separate yourself by putting together a huge win streak. Yeah, they've done it before. They've gone out this year and and they've put together these streaks. But you're running out of time. And and you look at the situation where they have 30 games left. And to me, realistically, they have to win 21 of those games, maybe 22 of those games to get in the playoffs. So now you're in a situation where you got to play well beyond 500 this season to get into the playoffs and where the Oilers have kind of been hovering at that 500 level for a while now. And I mean, we still have quite a few games left to go, but the end of the Oilers schedule, like for all teams, I mean, I think the last three weeks, um, you know, I'm counting up the games here, 11 of their final games, they're all in conference. All, you know, whether it's teams, you know, that are already... Most of them are the ones you're you're battling with for those playoff spots. So, I mean, we're still we've still got lots of hockey to play, and I know that's what the the mantra was heading into the All Star break and their bye week break. But you know, I guess it just depends on again, like I was talking off the top, what the, where the management team is at and and what what they think they need. Do they need to acquire a scoring forward? To help them get in, get them into the playoffs, I like to think that, you know, of course they do. Of course that's what they would think if they're still that close. If everybody is turtle derbying it all the way to the deadline, you know. But we talked about this last week. What are they going to give up for that, though? I mean, they're going to give up a prospect like Ethan Bear or somebody who can, who's not just some draft pick, nameless draft pick. They're, no one's going to be trading for Tobias Reeder or Ty Ratty. No one's giving you anything for that. No one's looking for a package of a bunch of uh, you know, spare parts for a forward that can come in and play. There's also the salary part thing, of things too. I mean, if you're trading Cam Talbot away, I mean, that's one thing. Yeah. But, I mean, it really depends on who the dance partners are and what they need. Well, that's exactly it. And I think that's why the owners have to – I think personally, and I, and I really believe this, and I've believed this for a while now, that – this roster won't get it done. They just don't have enough horses to get it done on this roster. You you can only ask Dreisaitl and, and McDavid to take you so far. Alex Chason has kind of fallen off the map. Now he is a guy that had 17 goals. I think he's got one in 11 games now, or one in 12 games or something like that. Um, they're not getting any any production from the bottom end of their lineup, and they keep bringing in these guys, you know, Kobe Cave, what has he provided? Really not much. He was a healthy scratch the other day. Tobias Reeder still hasn't scored a goal. Like, this is – that's – is he an NHL player? I, I don't know because he hasn't scored a goal and I don't know what else, he, what much did he, he does out there. Um, you look at uh, Kyle Brodzak does a lot of good things in his own end. He wins a lot of faceoffs for you, but you're hoping that he could chip in with 15 goals this year, 10 to 15. He's got four. Um, talk about obviously Milan Lucic, how his game has fallen off. and Yeah, he still plays hard and he's still a, a physical force for you, but he's not scoring. And so between McDavid and John Dreisaitl, they have scored 60 goals, and the Oilers have 151 overall. So that's almost half of their offense comes from two guys, which is, if you're looking at that, and if I'm Oilers management, you make two two decisions if I'm, if I'm Oilers management. One, how important is it to get in the playoffs this year? Or is it just important enough to make a run and stick around and then come up short? Will the fans still be happy? I don't think they will. I think you have to make the playoffs this year or fans are walking away. I think they're they're done with this. Oh, well, we were so close. Next year we'll be better. Next year we'll be better. Next year never seems to get better. And I think this that's the situation. I think they have to 
do this. They have to make a move. They have to go out there and get some help. Some guy that can help them at the bottom half of their lineup. Because you have to show the fans, you know what? No, we're not playing for next year for a change. We're playing for this year. Yes, granted, you don't want them to sell out their future. You don't want them to give up, you know, a young prospect, a first-round pick and things like that. But you have to make some sort of effort to show the fans that it's important for you to get in the playoffs this year. It's important to have some playoff hockey here this year. And with this roster, they're not going to get it done. And I think a lot of people know that. And you can look inside the room and you can look, you know, in the mirror and all that stuff. Just the fact of the matter is they don't have the horses with this roster and they need some help. Clefbaum's going to help them when he comes back, but it's going to take him a while to kind of get back to speed. But to my opinion, they need two legit forwards that can come in here and chip in and provide some some secondary scoring because the Oilers won't do it without him. Well, I have two questions to that. Number one, who do you think they need to acquire then? Like, who who is this player with? You know, give me an example. Like who? Like someone who can come in and provide scoring. That's that's who they're bringing in. Like you're know, rolling the dice with Alex Chase on, and somehow he did it. Mm-hmm. And number two, you just want them to squeak into the playoffs so they can maybe have a first round matchup against the Calgary Flames or the you know or the Winnipeg Jets. They're going to get annihilated. Like any logically, do you think most of the fan base doesn't care? about next year because you're going to be trading away a boatload or you're going to be trading away some prospects that a lot of people want the team to hang on to all because you want them to get into the playoffs and maybe play two, three games at home. Maybe. Yeah. No, that's, that's right. But I think. And then next year we're not going to be in the playoffs. Well, that's the situation they got themselves in right next year. What if next year everything falls apart and they're not, they're nowhere near the playoff race. And they're developing young guys. And then they look back and say, remember last year when we were right there and we just didn't make that move? They made the same mistake the year Ralph Kruger was here. When Ralph Kruger was here, he had the team in a playoff spot. And he asked for help. And he said, give me some help. I need a big center that can kill penalties. I need a guy that can win faceoffs. I need some help up front. We need some bigger bodies up front. And they didn't help him out. And the owners missed out on the playoffs. Because they said... Same thing. We don't want to give up on some of these young prospects that we have. We don't want to give up on some of these draft picks that we have. We, we think we still have something coming. And how long ago was that? That was Ralph Kruger. That was a long time ago. And we're still in, yeah, we're still in that same situation. So now I'm saying, you know what? Let's get into playoffs. Let's show the fans that we want we want this. And and I agree. You are maybe hurting your future. Um, But you've played this card how many times now? Well, we don't want to trade away our future because we don't want to make this run. And it, and it hasn't worked out. They, they played that card, I think, one year when Steve Tambellini was here and the Oilers were kind of in and out of the playoffs and then they made the trades and I think they got Patrick Sullivan and I think they got uh, got a couple other, uh, Alish Kotalik, and obviously it didn't work out and and now look at the situation they're in. So I, I it's you're right. It is, it is um, a catch-22. But are the Oilers prospects really that good that they're going to help you next year? Or the, the year after, or the year after, or the year after. Like, how good are those prospects in the minors? How how good as how good as a drafting being where you say, oh, I can't give up a third-round pick because the last four third-round picks have worked out. I don't well, think that how, works And out. how many of those, you know, in the past, how many prospects have the orders dealt away, you know, to bring in some veteran help, only to see those players flourish elsewhere? 
Well, that's a good question. Like yeah. Devin Dubnik comes to mind. Well, Devin Dubnik comes to mind. I think Devin, it's right. And I think that has more to, like with the prospects and maybe guys like Jeff Petrie. Um, Jeff Petrie guys, comes to mind. You know, all those guys. I think that's more of lack of developing and, and putting them in spots that they probably shouldn't have been in. So it, it's a vicious cycle because you look at, you know, guys like Petrie who's do, playing well now in Montreal and Dubnik kind of came into his own after a while after leaving Edmonton and and you have examples of guys like that. Um, but I think that maybe goes back to maybe the Oilers were playing them in wrong spots. Maybe they're playing them up in the lineup when they shouldn't have been there. I suppose you have, I don't know, it's a test to see how the, the prospect development is now compared to six years ago, which was a different regime. Mm-hmm. I mean, this orders, these orders made the playoffs two years ago. Yeah. Of course, we weren't talking about this two years ago because – they were look. They were going to be in the playoffs. The chances were this time in 2017. Um, you know, this is Peter Shirelli's team, not Craig McTavish's or Steve Tambellini's team from six years ago. So it's a different era. And you know, the talk around the prospects that are down on the farm and the Bakersfield Condors just had just finished winning ten in a row, as well. Um, so. I don't know how much hope that should give anybody. I mean, I know the AHL isn't the NHL, but they do play games on there for a reason. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it isn't time for that reason alone to want to be trading Ethan Bear or I don't even know, Yessi Pugliarvi, even though he's not down in Bakersfield right now. No, you're right. If I was on this someone offered me something for Jesse Pugliarvi, I'd probably take it right now. I, I don't think he's going to pan out. I really don't. I just don't think he's smart enough. I just don't think he gets the game well enough at this level. I, th- I don't think he processes the game fast enough. And I don't care how much time you give him and how much he's got great talents and he's got fantastic natural gifted abilities, but I just don't think he processes the game fast enough. And I think that is the issue right now with Jesse Pugliarvi. And I think that's why the frustration level is with uh, Ken Hitchcock. That's why he's not playing him anymore. That's why he's playing him at the bottom end of your lineup. This guy was supposed to be a first or second line winger. We're three years in now, and he's playing at the bottom end of your lineup for a reason. So, yeah, if you can dangle someone, if you can say, you know what, it's not we didn't we weren't able to get what we wanted out of this kid. Can you guys get something out of this kid and get something back that's going to help you now? I would I would seriously consider that. I know Ken Hitchcock says he needs two goaltenders going forward. Hey, if someone will give you something for Talbot, you take it. He's not coming back next year. You take it. You take whatever they need. Someone's going to need a dependable backup goaltender that's going to go on a long playoff run, and maybe they don't have one, and they're going to need one. So I would, I would, you take it. If if you've already made the decision that Koskinen's going to be your guy, then Koskinen's your guy. So I I think there's ways to do it. There's There are situations out there where you can do it, and you always have to find a way to do it. I think that you, you're too close, to my opinion, to just let it fall apart. And not do anything to help out. That's just my opinion. I think you're going to look back at this opportunity to get into the playoffs when the conference is terrible and everyone's terrible, and and you know you're at 500 and you're still in a playoff race. I think it's there. It's there for the taking. But I think they do need some help because I don't think the guys on the roster have have what it takes. I just kind of wonder organizationally what a boost from making a push for the playoffs this year when you. When odds are you're not going to get out of the first round, just considering who your opponents are going to be. I mean, of course, who knows? It's the playoffs. And you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on your team and Diane Nugent Hopkins for that matter. Sure, anything can happen. And if they do manage to raise their play and win those 21 of 32 games left or whatever it is, 
That would be pretty incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. So then there, maybe there would be hope for the future, but I guess that has to happen. I guess to break out of our Groundhog Day uh, thing we've been playing out here for the last you know month, ever since they shook off that Christmas losing streak, that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah. No, definitely. I, I definitely agree. That's what's going to have to happen. And if, and you say, well, you know, when the owners went to the Stanley Cup final in 2006, they were the eighth seed in that conference and they were able to get out. And I think you're right. You're, you know, like you're absolutely right. They're going to go up and they're going to play Winnipeg or they're going to play Calgary and they're probably going to lose in that series. But I don't think that's not a reason to make the push. I think you, you need to get in there. You need to have that playoff excitement back. People still remember it from two years ago. Just being in the playoffs has that excitement, that energy throughout, throughout town and, and the buzz. And I think the team needs that. Because the team kind of whittles and kind of slowly fades away. One, you've wasted a great year for McDavid. You wasted a great year from Dreisaitl. And you've got nothing to show for it. And I think that's why, to me, it's important. They look at this. And, and you're right. Maybe they're looking at seeing, okay, well, are we buyers or sellers? I think they have to be aggressive. I really do. I think this is a team and this is a time for the Oilers management to say, okay, you know what? We have to, be a, we have to make smart moves. I think we can't just make moves for the sake of making moves, which I think was the problem with Peter Chiarelli late. He was just trying to find anything that worked. That was real desperation mode for him trying to save his job. I think now if, if they look at the situation, they go and, and, and target a player, um, whoever it may be, there's you know there's 31 teams out there. There's a lot of very useful NHLers, whoever it may be. I think you have to make a push because other teams are going to start making pushes now. And I think other teams are going to start – and you're right, and there's not a, as many sellers now because a lot of teams are in the same situation going, well, we, we might be able to get in the playoffs. So do we want to really trade away roster players that we're going to get in the playoffs? So to me, the Oilers have to be aggressive. And the, and I think it's it's this this time of this wait and see. It's always been about wait and see here in Edmonton. You know, Peter uh, Bob Nicholson comes in here, oh, we're going to wait and see and evaluate, wait and see and evaluate. There's a time where you got to say, you know what, we're going to go for it. And if the Oilers think they're going to go for the playoff run with this roster, I think they know they're mistaken. So I think they really have to kind of look themselves and say, okay, let's let's make an aggressive move here. Let's play for this year. Then we'll worry about next year, next year. So what do you think is going to happen? Well, I'd like to think that they, they're going to make a deal. I'd like to think that they're going to trade. I, I think Cam Talbot has to be on the block. I think you have a situation there. I know you have a very good goalie. Um, he may need a, just a, a change of scenery, but I think he has to be a, a, a chip to dangle. You have to dangle that chip. Um, and you have to maybe look and say, okay, we got third round, second round picks. We, you have to dangle something else. You have to dangle something in the farm that's playing well. You have to go out and be creative and be brave and be bold um, to make those moves. And I think Talbot, Talbot does get traded. I think they trade someone young in, in an up-and-comer uh, from the farm for help this year. I really do think that they'll look at this situation. They'll talk to the coaches and scouts. And And the question is, how badly do you need do you want to get in the playoffs? And I think the answer of that should be every year you should be badly wanting to get into the playoffs. Because the one team that I've seen talked about uh, as a destination for Cam Talbot if the orders were to make a trade would be, oh, the Vegas Golden Knights need a credible backup goalie. And I wonder who you get from that team. Oh, definitely. That's that's a good question. Like, is Do they have a guy that, that can help you out? And like I said, he doesn't have to be a top six guy. He can be just a, a dependable, um, you know, a dependable bottom six guy that, that that can help you and chip in and, and score some goals for you. And I think your Vegas may have some of those guys available. Like I, 
you know, it's 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 interesting how it always seems like the good teams kind of get better when they make deals. They somehow they attract good players to them to their to their squads, right? So I think it's just a matter of, of going out there and and finding the guy that you think will be the right fit for you. And, and you're right, the Vegas Golden Knights need a goalie. Some other teams need a backup goalie. And they but that's why they pay those guys. That's why they pay big money to them and these scouts and these 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 people to make those decisions, but I think those decisions have to be made. I, if I think if the Oilers stand pat, if they just sit on their hands, and then this whole year will, will have been a waste. Because you know if they do, I don't know. We could. It's a lot of this is the turtle race thing, the Groundhog Day thing. You know, we end up talking about the same things. You know, if they do manage to, you know, string together some wins here, which they have to do right away. Um in order to put themselves back in the conversation, then I guess it depends on how it happens too, right? Like, uh, you know, if the orders go out and somehow, some way, look very strong, convincingly beat Chicago, Minnesota, you know, who are they playing on Saturday? Oh, uh, San Jose. San yeah. Jose. I mean, yeah. sure, yeah, you go out and win those games. Maybe there's some confidence in the lineup. I guess we'll wait and see. I don't think it's quite that cut and dry and simple. No, you're right. If they look good against Chicago, but what if you get in a, like Chicago, you got to understand they are one of the, they're hot. They're, they think they've won four in a row coming in here. Um, Kane is just unworldly right now. I think last I looked, I, th- I believe he has 26 points in his last 11 games or something like that. So it's just, just so, so yeah. So if you look good against Chicago, you look good against Minnesota and see another team in the race. And then you, what if you fall flat against San Jose? I think there's a different level there. Obviously the, the teams like San Jose and Calgary and, and those division teams are up in top of the division are at a different level than obviously everyone else is. So let's say, yeah, you look good against the teams at your level, but not against the teams at the next level. What happens then? So, yeah, I, I really think that after 50 games, you should have a good gauge of your team. There haven't been a lot of moves here for this or having any big moves for your team. So you should know whether or not you think you have enough to get in the playoffs. And I've seen this team for 50 games. And I don't think there's enough in that room to get them there. That's our Oil Spills podcast for today. You can listen to our show via iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud.